Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Left of Straight Show. It is Wednesday, May 13th, 2020, and I am your host, Scott Fullerton. Thanks so much for tuning back in, guys. It is hump day, which means I am halfway to getting my hair evened out. Woohoo! Hair salons and barbershops open in Ohio on Friday. I took, I bought some clippers at Walmart a couple weeks ago. And I got it shortened, but it's a hot mess on the corners. So I am going to get it looking halfway decent this Friday. Probably going to be a line out the door, but that's okay. Hope you guys are having a good hump day and getting through the week all right. Lots of things starting to open up, and people can start making plans again. Hope you guys saw last night's uh, Left to Straight show. If you missed it, I had two fantastic interviews First, it was Sam Light. Sam is a Broadway actor, a touring actor, also a personal fitness trainer, probably one of the fit, fittest men I've had on the show so far. Uh, he's a fantastic actor and singer and dancer. And he does it all. He understudies and stars in Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief in the touring company in Broadway. We had a great chat with him about that and his uh, training. And then I had on Justin Root, who has his very own Justin Root show on YouTube. It's a vlogging uh, interview show where he's interviewed the likes of RuPaul and so many other great people, Belinda Carlisle from the Go-Go's, a whole bunch of really cool stuff. So two great interviews with two great people. I hope you enjoyed it. If you happen to miss it, please be sure you go to one of your favorite podcast distributors and subscribe so that doesn't happen anymore. It'll get automatically sent to your inbox every day that we have a show. You can go to Spotify, to iHeartRadio, to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and Google Podcasts. Just look on your left to straight show. Give that little check mark a subscribe, and I would be forever grateful. Thank you for doing that. Guys, I need some of your energy today. Um, I need some positive energy for the big gay road trip. I had two big virtual meetings today, uh, email, and back and forth. And then we're going to have a telephone meeting next week on things that can uh, make the big gay road trip in Palm Springs a little bit nicer. And so I'm kind of hoping... We kick it up to the next level. It's been such a tough time for everyone out there. I'd like to really kick the game up a bit when we get out to the Indulge Resort in Palm Springs. 
July 12th through August 12th this year. So fingers crossed and sending good thoughts. And I appreciate all of that from you for the big gay road trip happening in July that the people I talked today and that stuff works out. What else do we have going on? Uh, Hollywood Reporter reports that New York's theater district that closed, you guys know, on March 12th. You know, I'm a huge theater fan. Talking to Sam yesterday. Looks like it could be closed until Labor Day right now. They don't have an opening date in sight. They're not sure what's going to happen. Some plays that barely opened are not going to open. Uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf that had Rupert Everett and Laurie Metcalf in it that I had a couple friends go to and said it was amazing in previews is never going to get its real run. So if you were lucky enough to see it in previews, good on you. Uh, And then a lot of good, I mean, we're talking company with Patty Lapone and Matt Doyle and so many great people. I believe, uh, oh, who else? Kyle Dean Massey. So many great people supposed to be in that. So we'll see what happens on Broadway, guys. Very, very sad indeed. I was going to try to head out there this summer. Um, before I hit the big gay road trip or right after. But if it's not open, there's not really a point. But I will maybe go there in the fall and do a couple shows from then. Uh, We have three great guests today, but I want to get to them in a sec. I want to give a quick preview of a Netflix show. If you missed it, I think it was two years ago now. Her name's Hannah Gadsby. She's a comedian. She did a Netflix show a couple of years ago, and it was basically – a comedy show that was actually a therapeutic get it all out kind of tell about her her struggles in life type show funny at the same time huge reviews went huge in america so now she has to do round two and the preview went out today it's going to be available on netflix on may 26th called hannah gadsby douglas this time said it was hannah gadsby it's called nanette her first special And I'm so looking forward to it. I'm going to play a little clip of it here, of the trailer. It's a little spicy. You're going to have a couple swear words. So if you have any kids in the room, push them out of the way. Here is Hannah Gadsby Douglas. I'll be back on the other side. I had no plans to make it in America. If you're here because of Nanette, why? known just how wildly popular trauma was going to be in the context of comedy, I might have budgeted my shit a bit better. (laughs) But I went and put all my trauma eggs into one basket like a fucking idiot, and now here we are. (laughs) When I first started touring here, I was told I should Americanize my language, to which I responded, fuck off. some concessions for you. I'm not a monster. Aluminum? Mm-hmm. Why would you say aluminium when you can flirt it? Aluminum? Stop it, America. And y'all? I'm taking y'all. I love y'all. Because y'all is the best, most inclusive, second-person plural pronoun in the English-speaking world. There you go. That is Hannah Gadsby. If you have not seen the first one, hopefully you'll play them back to back like they have a couple of other great ones. They'll play Nanette first and then play Douglas. 
but she is hilarious. I believe that's an Australian accent. Don't quote me, but I think she's from Australia. So, yeah, going to be a lot of fun. Very much looking forward to that. All right, well, guys, I have a fantastic show for you today. I'm going to start off in just a couple of seconds playing our special correspondents, Jeffrey McAllister and Josh Robbins, little J&J Buzz, our pop culture segment. They're going to be coming at us every Wednesday with their little fun tidbits direct from Nashville, Tennessee, putting their little Southern drawl on it, especially in the first one, which we'll talk about. So uh, I'm going to play a little J&J Buzz for you first, just a couple of seconds. Then after that, I have a live interview tonight with my first guest, Brandon Kniefel, He might remember him from Finding Prince Charming. He was one away from getting the guy. Uh, But he has gone on to be an amazing mystic, um, spiritual counselor. Uh, He's got lots of gifts, guys, that we're going to talk about. We're doing a mystical Wednesday here because we have him on first live. Then I'm going to play a tape interview I did the day before yesterday with our buddy Kyle Thomas. Kyle is a astrologer, and he's made some scarily accurate predictions in the past. He was on Astro Kiki Radio that I hosted on the show and produced. I didn't, I wasn't the host, but I produced it and hosted it on the Left and Straight Radio Network. So two great Mystical Wednesday interviews coming up for you after we do a little J&J buzz here. So sit back, relax, have some popcorn, get a soda, have a cocktail or a glass of wine. We'll get at it. Here is our good buddy, Josh Robbins and Jeffrey McAllister. Time for a little J&J buzz, folks. You are listening to Josh and Jeff on J&J Buzz. Exclusively on Left of Straight Radio Network. Now, live from Nashville, Tennessee, here's Josh and Jeff. What up, what up? (laughs) This is kind of fun to be able to do this, you know, all the time, don't you think? Yes. I think so. It it should be. Uh, Anyway, let's jump right in. we got a lot to cover. The South Korean city of Seoul. Seoul. (laughs) (laughs) I try to spell Seoul. S-E-A-H-A-W-L. No. (laughs) S-E-O-U-L. Anyway, they have experienced another outbreak from the coronavirus. Oh, no. The big corona. It makes me thirsty. Anyway, the, uh, the here's what's going on. Uh, they've experienced another outbreak of the coronavirus from a gay man. He's 31 years old. He visited a bunch of gay bars last weekend, and he infected like 14 people, and people are pissed. Oh, no. Blame it on the gay man. They always do. Uh, anyway, they've even started taking donations to try to shut down all the gay bars. Why do they got to shut the gay bars down for? I don't know. I'm not trying to shut no gay bar. So, uh, but, you know, I, I try to shut it down when I go, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not shut it down. What do, you, what do you got for today? Okay, so, you know, 2020 Pride in New York has been canceled. Canceled? Yes. Like, stopped, ended, not happening. No 2020 Pride this year. Oh, man, that sucks. It's the first time in their 50-year history it has been canceled. And it, along not, with any other event that's in June as well. You know, what's crazy about that is they had World Pride in uh, New York this past year. Oh, yep, it was nice. Uh, I didn't go, but I heard it was nice. And you know, Nashville Pride is postponed until the fall. They don't even have a date yet. Oh, so they're not canceling yeah. it. They're just like, uh, postponed. we're going. Yeah, we're gonna postpone it. 
That's fine. I'm, I'm going to, you know what? Pride is canceled due to Coronas. <laughs> That's terrible. I got something else for you. Let's hear it. Well, first, I just want to know, who, you're, who are you voting for? Well, you know, a person with a felony cannot vote. Cannot vote? Cannot vote. That is stupid. Yes. Well, uh, well, I've got some political news for you. I'm going to vote. <laughs> I, yeah, it's really dumb that you can't vote. Who are you going to vote for? Well, I, I can't tell you that yet. But, uh-huh. uh, I mean, who do you think? <laughs> okay. The Human Rights Campaign, they just put out a prominent uh, endorsement of Mr. Joe Biden for president. <laughs> so uh, everybody just remember it's important to vote. But it's also important to remember that people that have you know, felonies on the record that you've already paid the price for, you know, you've been punished, you've done your thing. Now you should be able to vote again. It's so dumb. You would think, but yeah, it is what it is. No, we're going to, we're going to change it. That's right. And uh, speaking of felony, okay, you know, I was in Forest City, Arkansas. What? To serve my federal time. Okay, yeah. Okay, yep. there are you more in the prison. Than, you were yeah. in the prison over there. You're the pretty boy prisoner. <laughs> more than 240 inmates tested positive for the coronavirus. Are you serious? Yes. 240 in that one Just prison. Just in the low security prison there. Man, that's that's out of control. It's insane. You know, I think that too that people that are in the the prison, like people forget about them in the real world and they shouldn't. Oh yeah, nobody knows what goes on in there until you're actually in there. Well, mm. anyway, we got to go. Bye. All right. This was J&J Buzz exclusively on Left of Straight Radio Network. All righty, guys, we are back. Big thanks to Jeff and Josh out of there in Nashville, Tennessee, for our J&J Buzz Pop Culture Minute here on the Left of Straight Show. Guys, I am so excited to bring my next guest on. I mean, he may look like just another pretty face in Hollywood, but he has more layers than a sweet Vidalia onion. From early traumas such as homelessness and self-abuse through drugs and alcohol, he began to listen to and eventually master his inner spirituality. He came across many of our radars on the logo male-on-male dating show Finding Prince Charming and showed even then that he was not going to be swept away by the glitz and phoniness of reality TV and kept it real for all of us. He's morphed himself into a self-described mystic rebel using his gifts and words as an author and speaker to help others, all the while trying to keep himself grounded and on his chosen path. I'm excited to hear about all these stories. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, Mr. Brandon Kniefel. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. Thank you, Scott. What a, what a nice introduction. It's always fun to hear part of my life recapped back to me. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a journey. <laughs> been a hot minute or two you've been doing this stuff, huh? Been on a path. For I sure. like it. For sure. Yep. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show, taking your time. Um, like I said, you've been on my radar off and on since Prince Charming. Uh, I've seen a couple of your Instagram lives that you've done. I've been following your website a bit. You've done some great articles for HuffPost, and we'll talk about all that. Um, I haven't read your book yet. i got to get into that. But I first want to just awesome. start with the simple stuff. How are you doing in COVID-19? How are you holding up physically, mental health-wise? Um, you holding up okay? What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. 
so I do recognize that I have so much privilege during this time that I feel that I can be comfortable and still work from home. So my, anything that is unsettling to me is basically my, the information that I get from other people who are really, truly struggling. So my, a lot of my purpose right now is to try to hold space for those people so that they can triumph as well. That's great. That's so well said. Well, talk about that. I don't want to get too deep right off the bat, but I'm going to go there a little bit because you have these gifts we're going to talk about in a bit. Talk about how this is affecting the earth right now spiritually. And do you, are you sensing there's maybe an intended purpose for it? We're going to come out of this on the other side with a little more understanding of something maybe? For sure. So first of all, I have to just state that I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I love, I love reading about them. (laughs) Like they're so juicy. I'm like, I love a good fantasy sci-fi novel TV show. So this is like juicy real life, like, you know, conflict on perspectives. But for me, I see this as an opportunity for us to heal. And what I mean by that is, so we've had, you know, racism surrounding this, xenophobia, and then we've also had ageism and ableism and who can do what, go where without being harmed or injured. And then we have people who are not doing well with mental health who are told to stay indoors where we all know that one of the greatest, you know, factors in increasing someone's uh, depression or substance abuse is isolation. So, you know, I really am aware of how that is affecting countless people. You know, I've known a couple of people who have attempted suicide during this time and it's just like, like, what are the unintended consequences? Right. And so when we look, and like, seriously, when we look at um, the reasons, so everyone's all like right now, the global consciousness is focusing on why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Which is very three-dimensional thinking. It's like what physical thing in action caused this to occur in our lives. But the 5D perspective, which is the more spiritual perspective, would be like regardless of why it happened, what purpose are we going to siphon from this? So the reason for me, isn't as important as the purpose we can expel from it. And for me, it's literally just a matter of people waking up to their own self-sovereignty. And what that looks like is people saying, you know, we're giving so many chances by watching media and public officials and scientists who have changed their narrative all as more information comes through. So when we first got the information of the pandemic, you know, over here in LA, our mayor was like, you know, uh, only medical masks that are fitted, you know, for medical professionals be effective in um, preventing the uh, spread of the virus. And then, fast forward a month later, 
it's like wear anything you can, like wear a handkerchief, wear a scarf, <laughs> wear any mask. So it was like the narrative constantly changed. And, and, and it's interesting because when we look at even Fauci and the Surgeon General, they've switched their narrative around wearing masks or not wearing masks. And right. part of it is like, okay, is, is this to pretty much waylay any, you know, panic so that people feel like they can have control over their bodies? Or are these top doctors just learning more about biology and how viruses affect us, which I don't sure. think there's new information now about how a virus gets into your system. I think that it's just they're trying different things to prevent panic and some things create more panic that were unintended and some things would actually decrease panic. So for me, I go back to how people can find their own self-sovereignty, meaning how can they find the best principles and values and integrity for them to live by during this time. Right, right. Very well said. I mm-hmm. like that. I think that's very Thank important. You. I think you're right. I think we are going to get something out of the other side of this. Since it's your first time on the show, let's go into a little background. I mean, you have a story <laughs> about you and your mom at 14. Let's go before that a bit. Talk to me about where you grew up, what kind of a kid were you, and what were your dreams of being when you grew up? Oh, I love it. <clears throat> so, I was a very rambunctious, but also introspective kid. So I'd either be like on my rollerblades running around the like neighborhood with sticks, throwing them at people, pretending that was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) 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 Or I would be in my room reading nonstop for like hours at a time. So, um, so what that ended up turning into was, you know, what I call myself a rebel mystic. So I'm like pretty much like active in the world. And, but I also like in, inwardly and upwardly focused too in the terms of like divine energy and mysticism. So that started as a kid. Like when I was eight years wow. old, my parents would come to me for advice on spirituality and they were evangelical Christians. So they were very, very strict. Like we had a full length wall that was like 20, like a hallway that was like 20 feet long that was covered in names of liberals and like politicians and celebrities that we need to pray for. So really? it was like wow. in like Bible verses <laughs> on the mirrors and doors that we had to memorize every day. So I grew up in a very, like, Christian and only Christianity will be accepted household. So, but I, but early on, my parents were like, you have the godly conscience of the family. So we know that you have information or you have a perspective. And I'm like, I'm eight years old. I don't know what to do about my sister who's (laughs) 20 and her, like, relationship life. But, like, I always seem to have some kind of answer for them. And that's where I, um, that's, as I look back, I recognize that as my clear cognizance, which is clear knowing. Um, so like knowing things without knowing how you know them. Right. <laughs> and so 
yeah, so from there, I just basically, um, you know, then turned into the rebel and then turned back into, you know, the good angel. <laughs> and I was talking <laughs> all the time until, like, I came, uh, came out at 14. Um, and it wasn't a traditional coming out story. It was, it took place at IHOP. And I was um, eating my chocolate chip pancakes that were, that looked like a smiley face with the whipped cream and the strawberries. And my mother takes out a folder and she opens the folder and spreads across the table, all the gay sites that I had visited on the family computer. I. Oh my God. I heard this story. I didn't know. Was it an IHOP of all places? She took this out public. Oh my goodness. I know. That's crazy. I know my beloved IHOP holds trauma that for me. Is, I can imagine. So, oh my God, I'd never look at a chocolate chip again. It'd be so sad. I don't know if I've ever had it again. There you go. So, oh my so goodness. When did you first come out to yourself? I mean, that's when your mom kind of forced you out. When did you come out to yourself? For sure. So I came out to myself at 12. I wanted to tell my parents at that age. But I always knew I liked boys. It was like, you know, I was caught playing with boys naked at like four and five. So it was like, Um, I was like, I was like the, like the toddler predator of the neighborhood. I would like convince other boys to play doctor with me. (laughs) It was like, keep keep that child away from my child. (laughs) I like it. Oh, that's hilarious. Too funny. Yeah. Well, talk so, about it. Like you said, you had some... Go, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just I was saying, so naturally at IHOP, I came out as bisexual, as we do, because sometimes it's easier <laughs> for our parents to digest stage that. Stage one, right? Um, stage one. Yep, stage one, for sure. It's like, all right, I'll give them 50% hope. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hilarious. Oh my gosh. Well, talk about looking back at those years. And like you said, you're rebellious. Um, you had, uh, you end up getting kicked out of the house, I believe. Talk yeah. about what those years have taught you later on looking back at them now. For sure. So I had to immediately um, do inner work around being disowned at 16. Um, I was, I was always reading spiritual and self-help books when I was in high school. So I uh, stumbled upon this author named Byron Katie, and she has a process called the work, which is um, essentially a, a guide for forgiving anyone and also removing any thoughts that cause you pain and discomfort So I did that work right away because I'm like, I can't go my Mm. whole life, you know, hating my parents or trying to, or living my life as a result of what my parents did to me. And what I mean by that is I didn't want to try to achieve despite my parents. I didn't want to harm myself despite my parents. I didn't want to do different things because, and I didn't want to go my whole life resenting them. So I did that work right away. And then, um, you know, it helped me a lot, but, and, but I, you know, I started drinking at 19 and I quickly 
became um, an alcoholic and drug addict. Well, it, it's, it's funny how with clarity, you have this clarity at first and then you're able to cloud. I mean, it just shows the different energies that are pulling on us at all time, right? Because you have the clarity to look into the spiritual side of it, but then you, you wander down this path um, because it's presented in some way. So it's just such an interesting juxtaposition on how you took that. What finally pulled you out of that? Well, you know what? Years later, I realized that I had done the resentment and anger and forgiveness work with everyone else except myself. So I would drink at myself. I would do drugs at myself. I would overeat at myself. I would burn down the village, you know, of any situation that I was in. And I, would, you know, sabotage all relationships because, at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do as much good in this world. Because even if I'm a not a good person, at least I will be able to do some good. So I had living with that idea of brokenness for so long that I was, that I, it was coming out sideways. So mm, okay. at, at 26, <clears throat> I heard a, a voice. You know, and it was one of my first like true mediumship experiences. And I just call it God. It can be the universe, divine, you know, love, but something bigger than me said to me, Brandon, you're not getting anything you want in life for a reason. You have to give up drinking and drugs or lose out on any other opportunity. So it was basically like you can have drugs and alcohol or anything else you want in life. So I made that decision then and there. Yeah. And, you know, it was after like countless friendships being burned to the ground, you know, probably six or so relationships being ended because of my drinking loss of jobs, like probably six or seven of those. Um, Homelessness. I was six months homeless. Um, and I just kept my stuff in a hefty bag. I had two hefty bags worth of stuff. And I just kept it in the back basement area mm. of this dive bar. Do you remember the palms? <laughs> I do, actually. I, That's funny. I remember yeah, that back I, It was like this dilapidated dive bar that was popular with the lesbians back in the day. I had a friend who did events there. And so I was allowed to put my stuff with his, like, event supplies. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So eventually I was just like, you know what? I knew I was going to have to give up drinking or I'd die. So um, I took the chance and I started with 12 steps. And then, you know, each passing month, I got closer and closer with my higher power. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's a great story. Thank I you. love that. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, Finding Prince Charming because I honestly don't remember it that much. I want to talk questions around it. I have had <laughs> Sam Sellis has ended up becoming a good friend of mine from Chicago who was on the show with you uh, very shortly. <laughs> so I know uh-huh. Sam well. And uh, I remember bits and pieces of the show, but let's start with what was the initial traction to go on the show? What kind of draw you to decide to want to do something like that? That is a great question. Um, So I was initially asked by the production company 
And I immediately said, nope, not my thing. Um, <laughs> and I was like, not going to put myself in a position to look ridiculous. And what ended up happening was I was journaling one night and I was having trouble with romance and love. And I was just randomly journaling. And, you know, I had another voice say, you need to do the show. Because if you want a new experience with what romance, rejection, and everything else can be, because my biggest fear around romance was rejection once, once I introduced myself to someone or once mm. um, they got to know me, right? You know, I think a lot of us have that fear. So right. I said no right away. But then when I was writing, it was like, and this was like a month and a half, two months after I was asked. So I was like, oh, shit, I have to do it. And so I emailed them at midnight and in the next morning, like I had in my inbox, uh, schedule a session with the casting producer and it literally like, I don't know how, like if people like, no, but getting on reality TV shows is hard. The chances of getting on are very slim. Like, (laughs) like I, I think there was like only like, I think it was like one, per, like we were in the one percent because I think there was like over a thousand people considered by logo. <clears throat> so I, I didn't know this. <clears throat> I thought since the production company asked me that I was like a sure thing. So every step along the process, I'm like, oh, this is just for like, uh, like technicality, <laughs> like just, just right. like I didn't realize that like I wasn't chosen yet. <laughs> That's funny. So, I love that. So I definitely, like, but it was so smooth, like, going from, like, accepting the show to um, them being on it. And I always say, if people are like, you know, how do I know if I'm making the right decision or not? I'm like, well, and for your highest good, usually sounds like a loud no followed by a soft yes. And once you accept that soft yes, the doors open really easily. And the doors mm. open really easily. It was just like, it was just like, it was just like I thought it was supposed to be. And I only found out how arduous the process was after I was already on the show. Um, wow, yeah. So then, like, Very... I get ready. Yeah. But you know what? That is just I, crazy. Every, Everyone I talked to, everyone who I looked up to, everyone who I knew had done reality TV said, don't do it. Don't do it. And I was like, one of the other, I had like probably two other like amazing life-changing experiences prior to that. And everyone told me, don't do it. Don't do it. And so I knew at that point that I needed to do it. Um, So I, I literally like, just went in there, you know, while the boys were trying to get in the best, you know, shape of their life, I was really focused on, you know, being in the best mental, emotional, and spiritual shape of my life. And I was also in a two-year spiritual practitioner and counselor program. So I had that support, um, that, that support in the fact that I was in that, like, spiritual mindset a lot. Right. Well, it definitely came through. I remember it coming through on the show. I remember watching, and I went back and watched it the other day when I knew you were coming on. 
Um, Because you did some great journaling throughout the show when the shows were actually airing. I know it happens after the fact. But you talked about the the last episode. You were going through the Achilles uh, pain. And you talked about having an open heart. And I thought that was so strong. And I think that's how your journey made it through the entire thing. You had an open heart to this journey. I think that really resonated with the viewers and with with Robert. Um, talk about the, the importance of that open heart at the end, because I know that really helped you because you were heartbroken. You really were. For sure. I know, like, in hindsight, me and my friends laughed that I was heartbroken, but at the time, I was so devastated. So you're putting your life on hold for, like, you know, five, six weeks, and all you're doing day in and day out, you can't communicate with the outside world. So all you're doing is talking about this guy that you're trying to get to like you. It's like Stockholm syndrome. So you basically like (laughs) just focus on one person and you're shown the best version of this person. So I like, I, I like, I really did have feelings for him. And I also knew that he had feelings for Eric that were really strong so I knew right away that I had to have an open heart. And I think in society we confuse um, an open heart with a vulnerable heart. But an open heart right. is literally keeping space enough in your heart so that the pain can exit when it needs to. So for me it, was, it looked like, oh, shoot, if I – get heartbroken and I closed down, which I wanted to do after I was um, rejected in the final episode. I wanted to close down and like turn all that like sadness and pain into just a big rock and let it drop into my heart. But I knew that I would feel faster if I kept my heart open and it would let that like dirty, gritty smoke out of me. And it would also prevent me from having that exact same experience in the future because I wasn't suddenly stuck in an intermittent cycle of trying to get that type of person to like me again, Mm, you know? So like when we're wounded by someone, we seek that um, same person throughout our lives until we heal that wound. Cause we're like, okay, you need to make this better for me. Deal is, we heal ourselves and the best way to heal ourselves is to just relax your chest and let any of the, I imagine that like dark, dense smoke, but it could be anger, sadness, resentment, fear, and just let it flow up and pass through your heart. And it, it worked all the time because I, I called heartbreak like a rhino coming into your house. Like, if a rhino runs through your front door, you're not going to shut the front door. You're going to leave it open so that rhino can leave. <laughs> you're going to be like, right. <laughs> I'm going to step away. I'm going to relax and not be freaked out because I'll freak out that rhino. And I'll just, like, point towards the front door so that it can leave. So, you know, heartbreak didn't belong to me. So I, I was willing to let it go. There you go. Well, looking back now, with the, with the benefit of hindsight, do you think you were actually in love with Robert or were you in love with love at the time? That's a great question. So uh, it was the person that they revealed Robert to be 
was like an ideal for me. Um, he got to know a lot more um, about us because of the way we interacted with each other, but we only saw him at his best. So I was thinking, oh my God, here's this perfect person. Um, and little did we know everything that would come out while we were actually filming. So we right. were like blind, like as people got like kicked off, they started to f- see it right away and they'd be like, oh my God, thank God I didn't make it all the way through. But those of us who were all the way to the end, we're like clueless of what like TMZ is running, what the <laughs> blogs are posting. And um, so, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, authentic enough scenario for us to get to know each other. Um, there was no fantasy suites where the cameras aren't filming anymore and you can really just like let your guard down. Um, right. Even though okay. like, even though it was very hard for Robert to let his guard down, I was just kind of like an open book because, you know, I'm not scared of my shadows basically. <laughs> um, but for me, I love it was that. like, I wasn't, I, I wasn't in love at that point, but like you said, I was so hopeful for love that I put my life on pause and then I injured myself like drastically and like my life was like changed completely because of this situation that I was like crap I'm ending up empty handed and actually behind in life because of this experience why why what was this for right wow very cool. Last question I'll ask on it, and uh, we'll get off and move on to other things here. But um, do you, still looking back, do you think there is a difference? Um, when I mean, love is found in so many different ways. Is there a difference in a forced setting like that where you're finding love in a very, or it, is it better to find in a sp- spontaneous relationship? Is, is there a such thing as a better type of love? And what did you learn most about yourself and love and dating from that period of time? <laughs> oh, I love it. So I'll start with the last question first, because speeding up is the perfect word for what I had to learn. Because we were given like an hour with him, with 13 guys, and the producers would whisper in our ear, like, we really want you to make it through to the next episode, but you're running out of time. So you need to steal some time with Robert. So that made everybody panicky and people would like go and like interrupt conversations to get some time with Robert. So I had to face my ideas of rejection real fast. And what that looked like was Robert was talking to someone and I had to go up and be like, Hey Robert, do you mind if I take a minute with you? The very first time I did that though, he goes, uh, we're in the middle of something. And I was like, Oh like my goodness. Body froze. I was like, what am I doing here? And this was at the beach. So I wanted to like jump into the ocean, swim to Santa Monica, run down Santa Monica Boulevard all the way back home. Like I wanted to, I, <laughs> I, I wanted to fight. I wanted to flight. I wanted to just like freeze. And um, uh, I didn't know what to do yeah. in that situation. So, um, but once I got over that, that was like my biggest fear. So once I got over that, I lost the fear of rejection. And I brought that out after the show. Like I would just go up to anybody, let them know 
they're attractive or just say hi to them and, you know, and, and know that I've already experienced the worst. I've already experienced someone saying, um, I'm not going to talk to you right now on national television. <laughs> I've already right. experienced oh my goodness. Like, uh, breaking yeah. down crying after someone says we're not on the right path. Like I've experienced that. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, what, what's going to be worse? You know, what's like, right. Um, but the first part of your question, and would you m- remind me what that might've been? <laughs> well, yeah, no, no problem. It's kind of like, have you found, cause love is love and love finds itself in a lot of ways. What, oh, what yeah, would yeah. you say are the differences between a forced relationship like that, where you're in a thing where, someone is going to make a relationship where you have to make a relationship versus a spontaneous relationship. You see a guy across the bar. Um, What do you find is that, is there anything that's commonality between that or something that's, I don't know. I I lost my own point in my question. No, no. But it's like two two different things. Yeah. So the, the odds of finding someone that is a vibrational match for you, meaning that they're on the same page, they have the same values, and you're physically attracted to each other, we're very slim on this show. Um, So I didn't get to experience his true values on the show. So, you know, naturally, we, no one ended up with him in the long run. You know, um, so I would say that if you are trusting your intuition when you go out into the world, when you go to parties or the bar or, you know, even online, if you just like tap in and just like sink into your heart and your gut and be like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stumble upon the right person to communicate with, then that provides you a greater compass on how to move throughout the situation, who to swipe right on, who to introduce yourself to at the bar, which friends, to go with to parties that will, you know, be more inclined to be your wingman. So it's, it's like two magnets will try to find each other. Um, but you have to be tapped into the, your magnetic power, which is your heart, your heart's an electromagnetic organ. So it will, it will guide you if you're really paying attention to it, as opposed to checking off the list in your head of what you should think that you should want. Mm, thank you for sharing. That's that's very well said. Terrific. Well, let's move on. We can't believe we're going through so much time. I've got to have you back. I have like two pages worth of questions for you because I just think you are fascinating and wonderful to speak with. Thank but you. I want Life to right. kind of speed. Thank you. Let's speed us into a little bit as we start to progress your journey. I'm reading about you're following paths of different psychics and you're kind of on this journey for two years before you first hear the word or term psychic mimicry, talk about how that journey started and what world opened up to you when you heard that word. For sure. So when I was from like 19 on, I loved like psychic mediums. I loved people who um, could communicate with spirits or the other side or just had like, extrasensory perception and I kind of loved it in like the X-Men kind of way like ooh, they have a superpower <laughs> and like I was really drawn <laughs> to it <laughs> um, nice but 
there were, it was getting like really frequent over the course of like 19 to 26, 27, 28, that every medium or psychic I went to would tell me that I was a psychic medium. And it got really pronounced when I was doing um, a lecture at a college. And after I got off stage, they had like a radio DJ from New Jersey who was a psychic medium come on. She told me to come back on stage. And then she goes, Brandon, I want you to read the next person because I just picked up that you're a psychic medium. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. So I'm standing here in front of like hundreds of students and she's telling me to read the next person. And I'm like still denying that like I have these abilities. And the reason I was denying it was because I'm so evidential, like my favorite topics in school were science, even though like I was deeply spiritual, like I thought those were separate. I thought science was part of earth and spiritual was after we, you know, pass on, we can experience that. But what I've come to realize is there's a lot of that is interacting with each other simultaneously and the spirit world helping us to become more loving and compassionate towards each other and to bring us greater wisdom while we're here. And if we mm. just take the time to listen and then trust what we hear, see, or feel, we are guided. So it was, um, so I started doing spiritual counseling like four or five years ago after my program that I did. And I noticed that like in the spiritual counseling, I was like skipping forward on the person's story because I already knew it intuitively. And then I was like, mm. Oh, and, they, and then they would like, know that like, Oh my God, how did you know that? And I would just like accredited it to like my spiritual counseling training. But then I started getting clients wanting just like, like clairvoyant or mediumship reading. And then, so I just started doing that as well, like as like an option or an offering. And then I just basically came out as a psychic medium a little over a year ago online and just went from there. And the last psychic medium I talked to was like, so this is really weird. Like, you can do this, 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 and this. And you can almost do this, this, and this. <clears throat> and he's like, it's, it's like you can just pick up on people's gifts just as soon as you come in contact with them. And the weird thing was, two nights prior, I was Googling, what, what is it called if you can pick up on other people's, like, psychic abilities? Like, if you can take them on for yourself. Because a couple of psych mediums, and as soon as they tell me something that they did, I would have that experience. So, and then it happened with Reiki. I had one Reiki session, and then I knew how to do Reiki. Um, so that's part of, like, my healing modality that I use. <clears throat> it's like um, I use mediumship with he- uh, different healing modalities. I have a very good healing. friend who's a Reiki master. Yeah, Reiki Sue. Uh, I love that. Reiki, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. For sure. And it's like, um, and, and I, and it just turned out for me that like it all came together and it was like, I'm using myself as a channel through like stronger and higher vibrational spiritual energy to receive information, to receive images, to receive wisdom for someone else and to receive, um, 
abilities to heal for someone else. So I was the conduit and I, I can't do any of this without opening myself to um, like spirit or the universe because it's not me. It's just, I, and it probably goes back to me consistently maintaining an open heart. My open heart allows the information and the energy to flow out through me to other people. And in doing that, I, Selfishly, I get renewed when I get to heal people too because we're both receiving that divine energy together. So it's like I'm a healer technically and there is a client, but actually we're both the client. I'm just directing the healing from the divine to both of us. That's amazing. I love that. Very, very amazing. I want to talk about your writing a bit because it kind of goes full circle. I want to feel you've had obviously trauma early in life. You've had self-created trauma through the drinking and drugs. You've gone through all of that. And now you're able to write this fantastic book called Defining Moments. And it's a prayer guide. And talk about how you pulled that spirituality back after going through that trauma and why it was so important for you to be able to share this with others, how did this book come to you? Cause it's really amazing. Thank you. So right after the show, I was getting a lot of people writing me in request and um, people wanting counseling and a lot of people um, also just, you know, a lot of people who needed those, those services couldn't afford them either. And there wasn't enough, uh, time in my schedule because I was still working um, at a, a behavioral health care clinic, mental health. And so I didn't have enough time. So I was like, well, let me write a, like a resource book. So I wrote a book of, of affirmative prayers for from like the traditional like religious prayers that people think of. Affirmative right. prayers, I say, are not an outward calling to like God or whatever for help. It's an inward summoning of what's already in you to be realized in your life. So I wrote about prayers for addiction. I wrote prayers for sex and intimacy and romance and career and grief. And what I, the reason I did that was one for myself, like I needed to recalibrate after the show and, you know, get humble again because I went through like a very unique experience that a lot of people wouldn't have the opportunity to go through. And I also wanted a really cheap alternative for people to get if they were needing some guidance. Um, And I told it, I, I tell it through my life. So I talk about, you know, grief, my experience with grief, and then um, have three prayers for grief addiction and three prayers for addiction. And so really it was just something I wrote um, quickly so that I could get it out to people who are really needing it. And um, I also, you know, for any listener out here, you can go on my website and you can download a free PDF if you're interested. It's also available on Amazon, but get it for free. Well, it is amazing. (laughs) Well, and I and like I said, I love that you do that, and I love that 
your services are available. I mean, you can schedule a healing or a reading or things with that. But I also like that you've created what you're calling this House of Mystics, H-A-U-S for those out there, uh, where you're actually creating a community for other people with your gifts and, and healing each other, which I think is just as amazing as helping other, well, for lack of a better word, lay people, that you're really creating community around other people, these gifts. Talk about what brought you to form this. Thank you for bringing that up. That's like my passion right now. So over a year ago, I started having people um, approach me saying, hey, so I'm having these weird things happen to me. Go on. (laughs) um, (laughs) So I started um, something called the Queer Mystics, and – I had them meet monthly at my place and I helped them develop um, their skills and abilities uh, around intuition and divine inspiration. So we practice like doing readings on each other, um, doing mediumship and we learned about, you know, spiritual principles and, you know, like ethics around like doing psychic or mediumship readings. And we just talked about like why, um, queer people have the birthright to these spiritual gifts. And then it started to expand mm-hmm. to include um, allies and people that didn't identify as queer. So I made it a little bit broader, and I just called it the House of Mystics, H-A-U-S, like you mentioned, because modern mysticism is from um, German, uh, uh, what was Germany. And so a lot, like a lot of like the mystic traditions are uh, Germanic. So that's why I use H-A-U-S plus, plus it sounds like a fashion house. So I kind of like, like that idea. (laughs) (laughs) You had to throw a little gay in there. I like it. I like it. Yeah, for sure. I'm living for it. (laughs) So what this is, is I took, I take my, um, it's launching probably in mid June, early July but it's a portal community, a membership community for people who are interested in exploring, um, l- like learning how to do energetic healing, how to tap into their psychic and mediumship abilities, want to learn tarot or astrology, or just wanting to go deeper into spirituality and learn spiritual counseling. So it's master classes from some of my top um, uh, top friends and colleagues around uh, the world that will be teaching these um, foundational and advanced classes. And it's also a community where people who aren't maybe local in LA can get online with us or, you know, maybe meet up for uh, a big event um, that we might do like a party or celebration, um, you know, in 2021. And it's a community for people to be like, I want to learn how to do this because I believe, I believe everyone has these abilities in us. Like, like some mediums are like, yeah, you're born a medium. I'm like, really? Like, so you think you're special? (laughs) Like you're the only one that spirit will let talk to them. Like, come on. Like we're all spiritual beings. We all have access to those higher uh, frequencies of wisdom. So I believe that everyone who wants to learn and who trust in their uh, guidance can do this and can learn and can grow and help and heal. So 
my my mission is to just really empower emerging spiritual superheroes because especially in the gay community, the uh, queer community, the trans community, we are told that spirituality does not belong to you. Actually, it opposes who you are innately. But the fact of the matter is ancient tribes and civilizations honored the queer people, the people who blended between the genders, who had masculine and feminine energies within them as the medicine people, the healers, the leaders, and the wisdom holders for society. And this is all across the world. This was, you know, um, ancient Egypt. This was parts of Africa, uh, tribal communities. This was in Asia. This was in Europe. So it was only after, you know, the Christian crusades that LGBTQ people, as we know them today, were, like, demonized and told that you are against um, God's, will and it's like um only because you know a select few white men at the council of nicaea said you're evil means you're evil no history has shown that there's blessings that are held with people who can balance feminine and masculine energies because that creates wholeness in you that is i just love the way you put all that thank you so much for sharing that i really appreciate it we are running out of time and i like I said, I have another page I want to talk about throwing of the coins and throwing of the stones. Uh, you would do some amazing speaking. You, you go to places and you speak. You do training. You do healing. I'd love to talk about healing more, but we are just out of time. So we're going to get you back very soon. Please let everyone know oh, where they can it. find the website, where they can schedule a, a healing, a reading, something like that for you, and where they can find you on social media, my friend. Thank you so much. BrandonKniefel.com is where you can find uh, scheduling and information about me and the types of services I offer. And I believe uh, Scott has put my name in the show notes. So it's just BrandonKniefel.com. And then also, if you want to um, become a member of House of Mystics, all we need is just your email to start and you can just go to House of Mystics, H A U S of Mystics.com and just uh, subscribe. And I send very minimal emails, and it's literally just a way for me to contact you once the site launches, and you can start to check it out. Randy Kniefel, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you, my friend. I'm sorry this had to be such an introduction to Brandon interview. We're going to have to have you back and get a little more in-depth the next time. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. I know I was time I should do a reading on you or give you some insight. (laughs) Oh, that would be amazing. I I would love that. Thank you for that. All right, well, stay on the line for me, guys. We are going to play out, and uh, when we come back, we're going to have astrologer Kyle Thomas on. It's been a mystical Wednesday here, and I'm just loving every second of it. Guys, we'll be back in just a little bit. I will finish up the show. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network. The truth of the matter, no matter how long I've been chasing disaster, it's time that I moved on. For the next best mistake for my heart to make It was last 
night the last time or the time before last I really don't remember where I was going so fast or who's the next stop on the way Justin Utley with Waiting for Love. Speaking of love, I love having my next guest back on the show. He's been such a great friend to the show and to me personally. He's a writer and producer. He's been focused for the past year in being a master astrologist and has written forecasts for Cosmopolitan, Bustle, so many other places. He's also done readings for celebrities and clients all over the world. I was so proud to produce his Astro Kiki radio show right here in the Left of Straight Radio Network last year and can't wait to catch up with them and see a little bit of what's going on in the stars for me. Please welcome back to the show, my buddy, Mr. Kyle Thomas. Kyle, how you doing, man? I am excellent. I love you so much. I'm a huge fan of the radio network and you, of course. And honestly, I'm just so excited to reconnect 
and talk about your stars and catch up about everything. It's been a hot minute. We talk on social media a bit, but it's been a while since we asked to talk person to person. So I'm loving this. It's great to have yes. you back, my friend. Well, thank you. How is everything in beautiful downtown L.A.? Are you holding up okay with this uh, corona quarantine thing? Yes. I Well, the thing is, I work from home pred- predominantly, and I do have some show things that have been put on hold because of the pandemic. So my media relations at the production companies has definitely been a bit slower but I am a big workaholic as you know and so I love to you know constantly be creating content and working with clients and you know writing for Cosmopolitan etc from home or you know from you know my boyfriend's house whichever is you know most conducive to us being productive at that time It's definitely been quite a transition, you know, in the sense of socially being much more on a lockdown because I do love my friends and connecting with people. But, you know, it's definitely an interesting epoch that we're living within. And I think that, you know, we are all doing a lot of reviewing and, you know, evaluation of our paths forward. And I think that you know, we will emerge much stronger and more, you know, healthy from this situation. There you go. Well, I definitely want to hear more about that. And I told you on social a couple of weeks back, I think, or last week or so, we had um, Joshua Conkalon, who you guys did a reading for. He is an amazing writer. He's written on Netflix, Chilling Adventures, Sabrina, so much stuff. And you guys interviewed him, did a reading for him last year. And I had him on my show about two weeks ago, so I decided to re-listen to that interview and kind of go into some of the things. And you guys were eerily accurate. Joshua had said something about uh, you guys had done almost exactly a year ago. I think I interviewed him on the 24th of April, and you guys talked to him on the 28th of April in 2019. And he had predicted through his tarot reading that something was going to happen uh, nationwide in January of this year, and you had concurred that you thought something was going to be happening right around that time. So that was real trippy. And then I went into his, you had told him that he was going to be in every six month cycle, things in November. So I went through all of his tweets in November and said, You talked about this, and did this come to pass? He said, Yes, that did. And two out of the three things had come to pass solidly and one of them was kind of in the works so that was wild my friend it was very cool yeah I absolutely adore him I haven't been talking to him quite as much as before you know we get busy you know how it is in media and entertainment and interestingly enough I had done a personal reading with him last year as well that was shedding a lot of light on you know his relationships and his career and you know it's funny because we I actually talked to him at the end of the year when I was predicting that there was going to be this very big change in his relationships. And, you know, he, prior to that, he was like, no, I haven't picked that up. I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. And I was like, well, you know, astrology is both predictive and productive as I teach it. And so I can see certain patterns that are happening in his life or in yours or, you know, anyone that I work with. And, you know, I, I sense that certain things are going to happen, but then obviously, you know, the productive aspect is that you can try to do everything you can to either change it or to enhance a cycle to live the life that you're really looking for. And, right. you know, unfortunately, he did have some endings take place at the end of the year. But then, interestingly enough, um, 
you know, the, the big thing that astrologers and I had been predicting as well is that there was a huge shift that was happening in the stars because of a lot of these big Titan planets. You know, we have, we've had Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter that are creating, you know, this big uh, transition that we're going through collectively. And, you know, this is something that we have not seen for, you know, a hundred years and, and sometimes, you know, for more than that. And so, you know, I do see that, you know, even though we are going through some difficulty and hardships, I do think that the universe gives us something that we can always handle. And, you know, challenges are meant to actually make us stronger. The universe is actually distributing power and wealth. And I do believe that prosperity is going to be coming into the world much more significantly in the months ahead. Nice. I like hearing that. We need to have now. I mean. Talk about astrology. I wasn't going to get into it yet, but let's go ahead and get into it now because I always get questions as we talk because I like to have a conversation. And we're talking about the universe, and you're saying how the universe is looking out for certain things. How does the universe, is it the Trump card, so to speak? It's not what the Trump administration is going to do to something to this. Does the universe plan Trump, the Trump aspect of it, or are we kind of have to deal with? the powers that be in people's individual actions as well. Well, I mean, I think that it's really important to look at all of the patterns that are affecting the world collectively. And then obviously, you know, when I'm honing in on someone's personal natal chart, I can see how the transition is going in their life. You know, for instance, with you, one of the things that I don't think you and I actually talked about before is that you've been having a radical amount of change in your career pretty much since 2015. And this energy is going to continue for, you know, up until roughly about 2024. And so it shows that you're, you know, recreating yourself, you're taking risks, you're being more experimental, and you're trying to find more uh, authentic ways of presenting yourself in your career and in a public sphere. You know, that is one, one specific thing for you. But when we're looking at the, you know, the, the global movement, that is collectively happening, you know, with, for instance, Uranus and Taurus. And one of the big predictions that I've been putting forward with that is that we're going to be taking a huge shift towards cryptocurrency because Uranus is the planet of radical change, the future, and now it's in Taurus, which rules wealth. And, you know, that's just one way that we all are going to be affected, you know, pretty much up until 2026. You know, that's really important to look into. But then we also look at you know, for instance, Pluto and Saturn, which have been in Capricorn, creating, you know, rebirths and bringing forth all of this, you know, restructuring that is taking form in our economies and in political structures as well. You know, and these, like I said, these are all going forth, you know, on a collective global basis. But when if I'm looking at your specific chart, I see that you are recreating yourself and you're, you know, kind of burning to the ground incarnations of who you used to be in order to restructure your life and create more conducive uh, patterns that will have longevity and strength for you specifically. Does that make sense? It makes a hundred percent sense. I mean, I, and we haven't even talked that much about my career or anything, but I had uh, thought I was going to get out of podcasting for a bit and tried a different route in January through March and just, I couldn't do it. I had to draw back to this. I wanted to come back to it. So the, the change was definitely there. I was getting uh, feelings of, because we know I do this primarily for passion and not for money, but I decided I wanted to try money 
and money's not my thing. I like the passion. So I came back to it and I've been thriving ever since I came back to it. So I, I very much see what you're talking about. Well, and the thing is, it's you fill such a beautiful, you know, niche in the national gay population. And that was one of the reasons that I was so drawn to you in the beginning is that you, your passion for it does really, you know, come through. And you have such a sensitive way of really connecting with people and an incredible voice, even just for podcasting. Like, I get kind of enchanted by, you know, anytime I'm hearing one of your episodes. And, you know, I think, you know, looking at your chart, even, for instance, you're a Cancer rising. We've talked about this before. But you also have a cancer moon, and this shows that you have such an empathy for people, and you care so much about your guests and really connecting with people. And I think that, you know, the more that you lean into that and, you know, really create that, that message of, you know, emotion and, you know, inspiring people, you know, I think you're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And, and I see a lot of really exciting things in your career and public sphere that are coming forth for you. You know, for instance, we, uh, I know that July is going to be a big turning point for you. You've been building for that for the last two years. And, you know, I, now that, you know, I've been able to get to know you even much more significantly in the last year, you know, you've definitely created an impact in my life. You know, I am so blessed to know you. You know, I don't think that I would have had the courage to really start that podcast last year and create that first full season of Astro Kiki. And, you know, I'm in the place with that specifically now where, you know, I have a new manager who used to work very extensively with the magician, Chris Angel, and, you know, was the showrunner on his series Mind Freak. And so, you know, my manager and I have been working on kind of redeveloping what that Astro Kiki will be in season two and you know in the future like i'm so excited to work with you and in more capacities because you know i feel a strong bond to you and you just have this really incredible aura uh, of care and and love that you radiate and that really does come through in all of your work well thank you and i and we talked about we we had an instant chemistry and i definitely knew that we were meant to do things together um, at every opportunity and it's uh, we had to put on hold for a bit and that was kind of in my doing but I always appreciate we've we've still never got out of each other's corner I've always had your back you've always had mine and I've always appreciated that and I appreciate those kind words and back at you my friend thank you thank you well let's so I want to talk um, a little more about other stuff, then we'll go into the astrology reading. I want to hear a little more about me because this is exciting. But oh, I, I did see we're in the middle of doing this census, and it's been kind of pushed back. And you did an entire campaign around this a while back. It's finally coming to fruition here. Talk about that a little bit, and let's talk about how important the census is for a second. Absolutely. So last year was a big year of creating importance new projects in my life and really, you know, going into these new directions. And the uh, manager that I was working with before, Jeanette, I love her so much and we are still best friends. And we actually connected uh, last year, you know, in launching my career as an astrologer. And we were able to connect with Count the Nation, which is an incredible nonprofit that is very focused on raising awareness about 
the 2020 census because the census takes place once every 10 years and it's really important because it discusses you know where the funding is going to be going to different cities different states and where you know the the redistribution of wealth needs to go you know we all pay taxes and we put a lot of our lives into this country and you know we need to make sure that our our communities are being represented and you know granted you know the you know sexual orientation is not a part of this year's census but it's still important for us to make sure that our communities are being represented because you know that goes into medical systems that goes into all of the support of you know our roads our you know economy here and so it's important that we are, you know, being counted, you know, no matter where you are and, you know, having those resources. So, you know, last year, actually, I was working with Chris Salvatore, whom I adore very much. And, you know, I was one of the writers on the campaign and, you know, asked to also be in it. And so we worked with Sam Sui and also uh, Jasmine Jay. And so the four of us were in the video. We released it actually, you know, a few times last year and then now it's be getting picked up all over the place and going to be played nationally on television as well and you know so this is really exciting to be a part of a movement like this and you know really raising awareness about it and hopefully getting you know people more inspired to get involved as well you know i think social and political activism is you know a very important uh, use of our time and resources, and you know, definitely with the LGBT LGBT community, I feel honored to be able to, you know, speak on a public sphere whenever that opportunity arises in order to help us evolve as a collective. Right, exactly. So well said. And like you said, this this census goes for state funding, and right now, with being in trouble funding wise, dealing with the coronavirus that Mm -hmm. now it's more important than ever to make sure that we allocate things and we aren't giving uh, more to one place than the other because everyone's being affected by this. And it's real important that we are counted uh, gay, straight, otherwise, just to make sure that we are getting what's happening. And just in my area of Northeast Ohio, they cut our local school district. They had to cut um, school funding because of the money they're getting from the federal government because of all this. And so, our local district lost 800000 uh, in school funding, which is a lot. Yeah, so it's, that's it's immense. It's so important that people do the census. It's, I, I love that you guys did that. It's very important. All right, well, let's finish it up with astrology, astrology, astrology. I want to start. You've written for some great magazines. Talk about how you, when you have to do the general generalizations like that for a certain sign, um, talk about having to speak generally as opposed to having to speak specifically. What do you, what kind of mindset goes into that creating these columns in magazines? Absolutely. So one of the exciting things that happened last year is that I had been doing interviews with, you know, Global Publications, Bustle, Refinery29, Cosmopolitan Magazine. And then at the end of the year, I actually was hired to be one of the official astrologers for Cosmopolitan Magazine, which is just literally a dream come true. And I feel so honored, you know, to have been able to given that opportunity and to now write consistently every month since then uh, in the magazine. So 
uh, another thing that's been really cool is that I, you know, now am also one of the official astrologers for astrology.com and horoscope.com, which is just crazy because, you know, my uh, growth has been really, you know, expanding, you know, quite significantly. And again, I just feel so grateful for the opportunity to really essentially not only discuss the patterns and, and cycles that people are in, but I think a big part of it is even just giving people hope. And showing them that they right. do have, you know, major patterns that they are in, which can be, you know, life lessons or difficulties or challenges. But by, you know, hopefully, you know, inspiring that little bit of hope inside of them, it gives them this light and, and guidance that can, you know, really push them through, you know, times when it is more difficult. Like, for instance, right now, you know, I was I wrote an entire article about the coronavirus pandemic and predictions for it, you know, and I actually predicted in that, I wrote this a couple months ago, that literally the vast majority of the restrictions were going to be uh, lessening from the beginning or from the end of April into May. So we have a summer that's going to be much clearer. And the thing is that the coronavirus is not going to go away at this point in time, but we are going to have more, you know, regulations that are lightened. We're going to have more luxury of being to be able to go about as we please, but you know, we are going to have to deal with this until there is a vaccine. And so that's one of the shakeups that's happening, you know, collectively in our economy and in the way that we go about our lives. And, and that's a big thing. Like I, you know, I was saying before that I focus upon, you know, the generalized focus of the collective or even, you know, a specific sign as you were saying, but I think it's important for us to also focus on how we are evolving on a personal level and really understanding what we need to release in order for us to harness something so much greater in the future and beyond. And I think what it comes down to when looking at each specific zodiac sign is that I have such a love for each zodiac sign. And it's so funny because when I'm writing, you know, each sign, I'm always thinking about, you know, a couple different people that I love very much in that zodiac sign. So for instance, Anytime I'm writing Capricorn, I'm, I'm definitely thinking of you, think of my brother who's a Capricorn, Aww. and then obviously my boyfriend who's a Capricorn as well. And, you know, so, you know, I'm looking at, you know, the patterns that I already see in each, of the, each person's life. And so I try to put that kind of like love and affection in each specific zodiac sign and, and you know, really, you know, bring laughter and, and some sweetness as well. I think, you know, obviously, you know, it is important to look at your natal chart so you can have a more clear understanding of the patterns that you're in. So, you know, let's say, for instance, I'm looking at Capricorn. Well, I look at, the, I look at all of the longer patterns that are happening with the planets, as well as the movements of each planet, you know, literally each week and seeing how that's affecting the chart of Capricorn. But then, for instance, you know, as, as I was saying before with you, you're cancer rising. So you would actually read both cancer and Capricorn in every single horoscope that I write, whether that's for cosmopolitan on my website, horoscope.com, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you're going to see a more fullness of understanding that is happening for you. You know, whereas with me, I'm an Aries rising. So I would read for Aries as well as for Taurus, because I'm a Taurus as well. Okay. So, yeah, that gives us more, uh, more information about what we are going through. And then, you know, the patterns that are going to be unchangeable, but then also the productive aspects 
that, you know, for instance, when I see that there's an opportunity for love, I want you to walk through that door to get that love. And it's funny because I was actually analyzing your chart well. And like I said, specifically to you, you know, when I'm going into your specific chart, you know, I definitely want to look at your rising sign, look at your sun sign and see what specific degrees are being activated. And it's going to be important for you to know about the patterns that are going on between those specific houses and degrees. You know, I know that's much you know, complicated for anybody that doesn't really know advanced astrology, but that's why it's important to kind of consult with an astrologer so I can talk about not only the generalized themes that are happening, you know, just for Capricorn in your life, but then also I want to talk about the patterns that are going on entirely specific to you. For instance, you know, you've been going through major learning curves in relation to partnerships since 2018, but I actually see a very destined time that's going to be taking place from November of this year into March of next year, which is literally aligned in your stars that not other Capricorns would be going through. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. So let's talk, let's deal a little bit more with this. Talk about when you're doing individual readings for people, how does that work when um, someone, I mean, what are the things you need to know? You've kind of talked about it. What do you need to know in order to get the most accurate reading possible? Absolutely. So, you know, I think it's really important to have as much specific information as we can. So, for instance, I would love to know someone's time of birth, date of birth, because we can see a snapshot of someone's entire life just by looking at the star there. I specialize in the kind of astrology where I'm looking at it's called transit-based astrology, electional astrology. We actually are looking at where the uh, movements of the planets are and, you know, election times to create action. So, for instance, let's say you wanted to know about love, when it was destined to come, or, you know, when uh, you have an opportunity for success. For instance, I was actually had a different client reach out this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, and they wanted to know, they were like, will I become famous? And I said, you know, yes, I can see that there's opportunities in your chart for you to become famous in this lifetime, and certainly this is how the path would lead. But, you know, looking at those specific timings, you know, it's going to not necessarily be an easy road. But here are some windows in time this year and into the future that, you know, if you take those specific actions at that time, it's more in favor for you. So, you know, like I said, we look at your blueprint that will stay the same forever, and it's called your natal chart which is what I have uh, sent you previously in your email. But, you know, I, it's, I think it's really important to have a conversation with a client, you know. So, for instance, what are the things that are most important to you? Like, what do you want to know most in, in, in this coming year about your life? And then I would be able to do the research and then deliver that information directly to you. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And is there anything that... You, you, I like the way you said earlier, um, productive versus, versus presumptuous. Talk about what your will and what you need to do to activate these um, predictions so your actions line up with what the stars predict would work for you if you do these actions. Totally. Well, for instance, you know, when I'm talking about the predictive aspects of astrology, it's definitely – you know, you can't contr control the planets. You can't control, you know, how the factors are going to be moving at any given time. 
but you can re- you know control your reaction to them and how you're going to channel it, channel that inf- uh, energy i guess you would say so for instance let's say that i see that there's a huge uh, obstacle when it comes to someone's love life and there may be an opportunity for a career instead well i would advise them you know as much as they may want love you know it's not necessarily going to be as open to them you know and for instance even with myself you know i i'm a huge romantic and I actually got into astrology when I was very young because I wanted to understand if I was compatible with someone, you know, and then it became, you know, trying to understand, well, all right, well, when is something going to happen? I want to know when, and I want to know why. And as much as I would try to kind of trick the stars and and try to still date when the door was closed, well, I was wasting my energy actually, because it was never going to be there. And, you know, I dated some wonderful people, but the love wasn't there. The timing wasn't there. You know, it wasn't actually aligned. And I remember back in 2017, I was, you know, it been back and forth with some people and I wanted to know when I was going to find love, like when it was it going to be there in the sense that it was going to be, you know, someone that really was intimate and, and care, caring of me and supportive. And, you know, our, our communication was great and our sexual energy was great. Like all of those things that I wanted and the stars literally so, told me, it wasn't going to happen until specific days in August of 2019. And I was so pissed off because I was like, what, you know, like, <laughs> why, right. why, am, why is it not here? You know, like I'm, I'm, you know, I have so much that I can offer someone like, how can that be, you know? And then it was literally to the days, two years later, that's when I met Dustin, you know, and that's when we began dating. And so, you know, that's the same kind of thing that, I think is important for me to, to apply to your life or to anyone's life, because it can already tell you, you know, like I said, where you're going and where the flow of, in the river, the current is taking you. But you have free will in the sense that, you know, I want you to be able to feel in control of your life and not the mercy of, of powers that are so much bigger than you. And there's a lot of psychics and astrologers and mediums and, you know, guides that have this sort of fatalistic and, you know, overpowering view that you don't have control. And, and this is going to happen, you know, no matter what, like, for instance, you know, I, there's certain kinds of astrology that they can look at your chart and be like, you're going to be married three times, and this is what they're going to be. And, you know, you're going to become famous someday. And, that's great and all. And yes, I can look at that kind of astrology as well, but I don't think that that is as helpful and empowering to you because like I said, I want to empower you. I want to guide you and I want you to get everything that you have in your, that you want in your life rather than being like, Oh, well, you know, the stars say I can't become successful or the stars say this relationship's going to not work out anyway. So, you know, that's very defeating. And I, I want, like I said, to, feel inspired, take action. And that's the big thing what it comes down to is the productive aspect of astrology because it all relies in your actions. It's not just intention. And I think a lot of people really get lost in that sense. You know, we think about, you know, oh, I, I you know, wish that I could have a boyfriend or I wish I could become successful or I wish I had this dream career. Well, go and make it happen, you know, and obviously, you know, consult the stars, you know, hopefully and in order to see when the, the, the strategic opportunity is there, you know, and, and cause I really do believe astrology is a strategy. It's a guide so that you can activate every single area of your life and complete abundance. 
I love that. I love that so much. Very cool. Well, we're running out of a little bit of time here. Let's delve into what we what's in store for me. What do you want to talk about? What should I mean? I'm very interested in career. We touched on a bit, and I think you hit hit it a couple of times and stuff we talked about already. I'm always interested in personal and in location. You know that I'm always looking to uh, get back to California. Have you seen anything in those two areas? Absolutely. So the first thing that I kind of want to mention is that, so Jupiter is the planet of miracles and luck, and it is currently in your sun sign right now. So whenever we have a major planet in our sun sign or ascendant, it's a major chapter of new beginnings for us. So it actually entered your sun sign in December of 2019 and is going to stay there until December 2020. And so this means that you are in a very important chapter of your life where you're creating patterns that are going to last for 12 years. And with Jupiter, it is all about luck and expansion. So I think it is very important for you because here's the thing. I already know that you're expanding in new, in new ways and going to have lots of new people and opportunities come your way. But I want you to take action to lay the seeds that you want to come into fullness over the 12 years that follow. So for instance, think of your life like a garden right now. And if you're planting in your personal life, in your professional life, and you know, in moving, that you want to make these things happen, you should do so now. And you know, you're in favor more than any other zodiac sign. And you're not going to have this much luck, literally, for about 12 years, because it's not going to return to your sun sign until the 2030s. And you know, that's really crucial for you to think about. Also, I can see that you have opportunities that are going to be uh, in relation to you recreating yourself because Pluto is the planet of transformation and rebirth, and it is also in your sun sign. And it's been there for many years already, and it's still going to be there for the next couple of years as well. So I really want you to focus on you know, releasing any baggage that is holding you back, releasing any people that are holding you back, any thought patterns, mm-hmm. behaviors. And I want you to kind of to really focus on being this phoenix and being reborn because here's the thing. I already know that that's been happening and is going to continue to happen. But now that you're aware of that pattern, you have more control over it. So that's what I want you to feel is that, you know, you have to let go of the life that you had before in order to pursue these new chapters in Los Angeles or in California. And if that means that you're moving your mother with you, you've got to find ways to make that happen. You know, I, I know how much you deeply love her and in no way what I would say, like, you know, release her because she is such a vital force of love for you. And, and so I would definitely find ways to make sure that you're both being able to start these new chapters together. You know, so I see that happening. Uh, also, you know, we have the eclipses that are going through in your sun sign and in your solar sector of partnership and union. And this summer is a major opportunity for you, especially in the middle and end of June and the pretty much throughout July as well that are opening doors to you very significantly in partnerships. Interestingly enough, I do think that you're going to re- like reconnect or collaborate with some other partners that you used to previously, uh, specifically in July and, uh, or June and July of this, mu- this year. Uh, but it be- shows that those connections weren't done yet. And you're going to find new ways of kind of reigniting uh, situations. And this is both in professional situations, collaborative situations, and in romantic uh, ones as well. So I would definitely be 
really focusing on what you need in a partnership. And I think in order for you to really capture, you know, the best kinds of partnerships in every area of your life, (laughs) you need to think about the non-negotiables that you have. And this is also something that I really teach people is that, yes, of course we want, you know, a partner who's going to be, you know, this tall or this great or have this much money or whatever it be. And, and that's great and all, but you also have to think about how you are being satisfied in an emotional and, you know, personal sense, you know, communication is extremely important. And, and that's why, because you're going through this very powerful learning curve in your relationships, you need to know what the standard is, what someone is going to be. And and I certainly think that you have been thinking about that, but you really need to make sure, you know, that when you sign on that dotted line, even if it's a verbal agreement that you are, you know, not necessarily either carrying the weight all the time, or it is a mutual beneficial relationship professionally and personally. And so with these eclipses opening that up and allowing you to be revising that over the summer, I think that that's going to be a major theme. But also the thing that I was really excited for, because when I was like taking, like I literally, the thing that I love about looking at someone's natal chart is I kind of like go into a deep dive and I did that with you. (laughs) And I was literally looking at the planets. And so from November 30th of 2020 until March 7th of 2021, from your natal chart, that is what I see, what the stars have, that this is a miraculous time for business and romantic partners to come into your life that are going to be very much on uh, a destined point of, of view for you. So, you know, as much of, as you've been going through this learning curve in your relationship since 2018, like I said, it's actually going to kind of crystallize more tangibly for you during that time. So that's why I think it's important that you are thinking about your non-negotiables and what you deserve, what you want, and then putting yourself in the position to allow that to manifest in a tangible sense. You know, one thing that I'm always dealing with with people, you know, in the sense that they're like, oh my God, you know, like I can't meet someone. And I'm like, you know, the, the, the stars show that it's going to happen. So you have to do the, the, the self-work, the self-reviewal, the, the releasing of anything that's holding you, you back so that you can create space for someone better to come in and fill that place. And, you know, I think it's also really important to note that we are going into a Venus retrograde, which is going to be taking pl- place and affecting all people all over the world from, you know, it's pretty much been beginning from the beginning of April and it's going to last until August. But when Venus goes retrograde, it carries important karmic lessons in regards to our relationships. And this takes place from May 13th until June 25th. So we all are going to be reconnecting with people from the past. We already are probably having nostalgia take uh, a, a piece of our soul at this time. And you may have also been hearing back from people that you, you know, were closer with at this point in time. I do think that you're going to reconnect with two very important people uh, that hold, held a very special place in your heart within the next, you know, certainly month. It, it could have already begun, but I do think it's important for you to really think about, you know, how you would want to reignite those connections or if you need to find closure and let them go. And I do think that that, you know, statement about Venus retrograde really does apply to people all over the world because we have to, in order to find the best kinds of relationships, we either need to finish learning the lessons that the past ones gave us and and bring that to closure so we can move on, or sometimes the timing can align 
and you can reunite, reconnect, and get back together. But ultimately, it is, I believe, in your choice, choose what you want to do with that. Mm, I like that. So much of that makes a lot of sense, too. I'm looking forward to the next couple of months, especially. Goodness gracious. That's fantastic, (laughs) Kyle. Thank you for that. Of course, of course. All right, well, we got to start wrapping it up here. So what would you say are some of the key things that you want to look for when you're talking to astrologers? Are there any warning signs that should go off or are there certain things that you want to um, be on the lookout for when you're trying to navigate this, try to find something that works best with you? Absolutely. I mean, I think that it's important whenever someone is looking for a guide or, you know, some sort of, you know, astrotherapy therapy or, you know, information to give re- to give answers and reasons to have one that really resonates with you and look outside the box and give you perspective. I think that this, you know, really falls into any sort of, you know, healing work, mentorship work, you know, therapy. Many times I actually majored in psychology when I was in college. And so, you know, I think that whether you're going to a therapist or you're going to a counselor or if you're going to a psychic, we all provide services that are going to help heal the soul and the mind. And so, you know, I think I really, really love the industry that I'm in. And I think that it's important for you to do your research and and look into someone and, you know, see what they've, you know, done and see, you know, past, you know, credentials that they may have, or, you know, for instance, you know, there are, uh, you know, different methods of even therapy or different methods of astrology even. And I specialize in very specific ones, the kind that I really devote my energy and and attention to with clients, I want to make sure that they're going to get the answers that they need and the guidance. You know, it's not just about, you know, turning a buck and making money with me. I want to make sure that each person is getting a valuable service and are able to improve their lives from that. And like I said, I think that really comes down to knowing the kinds of questions you want to ask, the kind of needs that you need to, you know, satiate and understand, and then really kind of doing the research about what kind of path uh, is going to really guide your soul. So that's kind of what I think. I love that. Very well done, my friend. Let everyone know where they can find you. Give your website and your social media for me. Absolutely. So anyone can take a look at my free horoscopes, all sorts of information about their zodiac sign, or book me for a reading on kylethomasastrology.com. I also am on Instagram, which is Mr. Kyle Thomas, M-R-K-Y-L-E-T-H-O-M-A-S. I post a great deal of information, daily horoscopes there. And uh, yeah, I mean, those are where I predominantly focus, you know, the vast majority of my time. And, you know, definitely just reach out, you know, if you have a question or want to say hi, I love to connect with you know, anybody that's interested in astrology or, you know, curious about the universe and how it works. So definitely connect with me and I would love to talk to you then. Very, very nice. Well, my friend, you know, I love you. Thank you so much for the reading. Thanks for sharing all your gifts with my listeners. We're going to have a very special five questions with Kyle where we just be a little goofy and silly. 
So thanks for coming on the show, my friend. Good to reconnect yeah. on here, and we will talk very soon. Absolutely. Love it. All right. Stay on the line for me, guys. We're going to play out with a little bit of uh, Kenneth Mogan, You and Me. And you're listening to Leftist Straight Show right here on the Leftist Straight Radio Network. this evening's Left of Straight show. Thanks so much to my very special guests today, Brandon Kniefel and Kyle Thomas, for an amazing Mystical Wednesday. And, of course, to our good buddies, Josh and Jeffrey, with the J&J Buzz Pop Culture Minute to start us off today. Always exciting. Guys, appreciate you being back. We'll be here the next two days uh, tomorrow 
I got two great all-new interviews for you, along with a mental health minute from our new special correspondent, Stephanie Schroeder, co-editor of the great LGBT anthology, Headcase. And then we're going to have an interview with Justin Littleton, who is an amazing speaker, personal trainer, motivator. Um, He talks about, um, oh, so many great uh, food, talking about comfortable food. I don't know if that's what I say. I'm losing my words this late at night. It's almost 11 o'clock here. Goodness gracious. And then after Justin Littleton tomorrow, we're going to be talking to Jeffrey Johns. Jeffrey has an amazing sequel to his first musical, Waiting in the Wings, called Still Waiting in the Wings. And it's coming out this Friday, available on Video On Demand. If you love musicals, it has a great cast, amazing guest stars, Ed Asner, Cindy Williams, Bruce Valanche, um, so many, Cheetah Rivera, great, great cast. So we're going to have both of them on tomorrow, so look for that. We'll be back here tomorrow and Friday, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, right here at the Leftist Straight Radio Network. Please give me a follow on social media, on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Left of Straight. That's at L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight. On Facebook, it's the Left of Straight show page. Or you can send me a personal request on my public Facebook page, Scott Fullerton. And as always, please subscribe to your favorite uh, podcast distributor. Appreciate that, guys. We're going to another great show tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.